it is a long game, but starting now, hopefully in 10, 15 years, we'll be able to be working for ourselves. So I'm hoping that that long-term payout will come with our lifestyle as well as improving the land in that time. And hopefully it'll give back to us. Welcome to the 302nd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, regenerative agriculture, community food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. There's farm planning, and then there's long-term farm planning. And let's face it, when the enterprise you're undertaking involves trees and permaculture, getting immediate gratification isn't part of the picture. Abby Baldwin and Mitch Haas are well aware of that fact. And that's one of the reasons they took LSP's Farm Beginnings course a few years ago. Among other things, the class exposed the couple to holistic management. This management and planning system focuses on big-picture decision-making and goal-setting processes. Over the years, holistic management has helped farmers of all types achieve a triple bottom line of sustainable economic, environmental, and social benefits. After taking a permaculture course in Illinois, the couple enrolled in a Farm Beginnings class LSP was offering in Menominee, Wisconsin. They say LSP's class provided a good way for them to start solidifying how they could actually make a living from a farm based on something other than annual crops. A few years ago, they purchased 25 acres of land near La Crosse, Wisconsin that had been growing corn for decades. Their plan is to eventually develop a fruit orchard and grow other perennials as part of a permaculture system. This takes playing the long game. For example, it can take as long as seven years for an apple tree to start bearing marketable fruit. And trees like chestnuts can take a decade or more to reach significant productive capacity. But an added twist has entered into Mitch and Abby's long-term timeline. It turns out that in 2024, an insect called the periodical cicada is expected to arrive in the area. That's bad news for anyone who's planning on planting an orchard or trees of any kind. After spending 17 years underground as nymphs, Adult cicadas emerge in mass and are known to completely cover small trees and lay their eggs in the wood, decimating or at least severely stunting the plants. So, Abby and Mitch have decided not to plant their orchard until 2025. Meanwhile, they're working off-farm jobs and doing the kind of long-term groundwork both their farm and themselves will need to be successful. For example, They're growing a diverse cover crop mix as a way to help the soil recover from decades of chemical-intensive corn production and to begin building organic matter. They've also planted a few chestnut trees to get their feet wet in the permaculture field and are growing a stand of evergreens as a windbreak on the Ridgetop Farm. Abby and Mitch are both in their early 30s, and some young farmers might chafe at having to delay the launching of their enterprise. But when I visited them during the summer of 2022, they made it clear that they appreciate the chance to play the long game. Besides building soil health and looking into various permaculture techniques, they've been researching marketing options and calculating what it will take to make this operation thrive economically and ecologically, as well as from a quality of life point of view. One tool that's helped is a spreadsheet they've developed that lets the couple forecast expenses and income for the next 15 years. Mitch, who majored in business in college, says having such a planning tool in front of them is critical. Although they have no product to sell, they already have expenses to contend with, such as a tractor and deer fencing. Such a big-picture spreadsheet can help them figure out what kind of income they'll need during the next several years 
to create a viable, profitable business, the kind that may allow them to quit their town job someday. After they took me on a tour of their farm, Abby and Mitch sat down to talk about the importance of long-term planning, as well as the challenges of converting annual corn ground to permaculture, and why they see farming as one of the best ways they can play a positive role in battling climate change. Abby and Mitch, we were talking a little bit about your future plans. A lot of things are uh, kind of off in the future. You've come to this farm and have uh, started planting some trees. Uh, This is part of your goal to do a permaculture operation, do an orchard, do some other things. But I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about, for a lot of people who say take farm beginnings and go into, say, vegetable production or even livestock production, there's a little bit of an immediate payoff, so to speak, or immediate, they see their plans kind of come to fruition right away. But you guys are really thinking long term. I thought you you, talk, you said some interesting things about, you know, in this kind of world where there is, everything is so fast paced that you are, and maybe the holistic management has helped you do this too, that you've been able to kind of take that long view a little bit. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and how that's kind of fitting in with what, what you've got planned here, kind of how that patience, it, 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 it doesn't come naturally. It doesn't to me, people <laughs> like me, but maybe it does come naturally to you folks. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, just with the nature of tree crops in general, like everything from, you know, the type of rootstock you pick to uh, the spacing, like for the chestnuts, for example, we have them spaced 40 feet apart, which to be honest, we probably won't see them that large in our lifetime. So it brings a interesting perspective to life where you're, I don't know, constantly inundated with things that have to happen at the end of the day or, you know, within the week. But uh, with these trees, it's, it's, it's really a long game that we're planning for the future and, you know, a lot of these things that we won't even see ourselves. So it, it's just an interesting perspective to, to bring to our day-to-day life. And it's, it's refreshing, too, just to, to plan for the future in a world that, you know, is, is constantly going and doesn't want you to do that. I guess when I think about the future planning, I th- seeing the life that I would like to live, I would like to not have to work off farm and I'd like to uh, manage my own day and be working for myself. And so this seems like opportunity and a way to get to that point. So it is a long game, but starting now, hopefully in 10, 15 years, we'll be able to be working for ourselves. So I'm hoping that that long-term payout will come with our lifestyle as well as improving the land in that time and hopefully it'll give back to us. You didn't just come to just all of a sudden decide that this kind of permaculture type operation is what you want to do. You've been thinking about it a long time. You took a permaculture course in Illinois and it sounds like Farm Beginnings helped you kind of maybe cement that idea a little bit more and maybe start to put some numbers, some financial numbers on that a little bit as far as, okay, this isn't just be a nice idea to have some trees and all that, but we could actually maybe make a living or make a good income off of something like this. Yeah, I mean, when we took our permaculture class, it was really great to, you know, it was, it was inspiring in that our teacher really emphasized the the fact that you can make a living um, off of tree crops or um, off a permaculture system and, you know, really left us with that. And so coming out of that permaculture class, we were really looking for an opportunity to uh, flush that out a little bit more. And so Farm Beginnings was was great to really lay down all of the options, all of the potential uh, operations that we could potentially, the different crops that we could use or grow and 
put it to paper and really do the break-even point of um, understanding what our potential harvest is going to be, what what we might earn per pound, and really see that you know it is it is feasible. You know, we can we can make a living off of this, and Farm Beginnings definitely helped us do that. You know, touching on that, Mitch, you had described this. So you have a uh, you have a degree in business, and I've found this really interesting that you have set up a spreadsheet. I would almost call it a holistic spreadsheet. You kind of, you strive kind of how you, and you you guys are using that. You refer to it on a regular basis. But, and I think that it sounds like that's particularly interested because you guys are taking the long view. You're looking seven to 10 years out on some of this stuff. You just, you just showed me some chestnut trees you planted. That's going to be several years for them. You're going to be waiting two years at least to put in this apple orchard because of the um, cicada outbreak that may be coming along here in 2024. But it seems like maybe looking, having a spreadsheet and looking at through the holistic lens is even more important for, since you are looking at that. And, and you also have to not break the bank. You have off-farm jobs, but you, you've bought a farm. You've got some debt here. So, um, but describe that, that spreadsheet system you have. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, so basically what we've done is we have a spreadsheet that there's 15 columns, and each column represents a year. And then on the rows, we have um, one section that is expenses, and then the other section is income. And so what we've done is forecasted out, I mean, really the next 15 years, um, the best that we can, probably have to reevaluate that with inflation. <laughs> but So the expenses currently, so we just moved onto this farm nine months ago or so, where we're really expense heavy at the moment. So um, for the next, you know, four years, really, five years, we have expenses like a tractor, we have uh, a deer fence, and each of those are, are put into, you know, the corresponding year column. And eventually, once we have uh, trees planted and they start producing, hopefully around year seven-ish, we've forecasted the expected harvest and then the expected price that we're able to get for that. And so what we can do is then in an individual year, we can see what our cash flow looks like, how much income we'll be bringing in, um, how much expenses will be going out. But then also more um, holistically, we'll be able to see, you know, this orchard system as a whole from all of the expenses we occurred in the first five years where we were not making an income off of it, um, how are we doing in terms of making up for that investment? So what is the break-even point? And for our system, it, it's probably looking to be around year 10 or 12. So again, a long-term thing, but it, it's great to be able to do long-term planning for understanding what we need to be saving now and what we can expect to be spending. Yeah, and I think part of that long-term planning is it's the advantage to being able to look a few years down the road is you're in a situation where you're able to maybe build that soil health a little bit because we just walked out. It's a clay soil. You can still see corn remains of corn stubble from last year. And as Abby, as you mentioned, this one field, it's corn on corn. It wasn't corn soybeans. It wasn't a rotation. So you said that you dug down and you were still finding remains of corn like an archaeological dig because it just wasn't breaking down. So you, one of the things you're doing is doing a cover crop mix to kind of build that soil health up so when you do start planting like the orchard and some other things it's really going to be in a good it's giving you a, a little bit of a you it's not like oh gosh we got to put this land into economic use right away you've got some years to build up that soil health after it being um, you know row crop for so many years um, and you're kind of the crazy people in the neighborhood who are planting trees in the <laughs> in a in a row crop field yeah it is true yeah we're we're definitely going against uh, the grain of what 
our neighbors have been doing and what's been going on on our own land. Um, this is the first year um, in probably 50 years that our land hasn't been sprayed um, and planted with corn. So we have some cover, different kinds of cover crops going to build up the soil health that we plan to till in come fall and start building some organic matter. With trees, it's not like in the future we're going to be tilling our land every year and planting annuals. So this is kind of our one shot to get the soil health up and ready so that by the time we're ready to plant the apple trees, they have the best shot of growing and surviving and having the nutrients that they need. As we just walked out into the field, uh, you saw some mushrooms growing there. So it seems like the inoculation we had done with our cover crop is helping and hopefully that'll help start breaking things down and getting some live microbes back into the soil to aid with yeah with the growing process yeah i think that's a good point because if you were trying to do vegetables right away or whatever you you know you could maybe do some cover cropping to try to build the soil but you don't have as much time this is a time a lot and Mm -hmm. yeah getting that fungal community that's pretty exciting that's kind of neat to see you're 30 you're both 30 and you kind of grew up in that era where climate change was such a dominant issue i have seen over the years as the regenerative ag movement has grown Folks who are interested, are concerned about the environment and, and concerned about climate change in particular, are seeing farming as part of the solution to that rather than just one of the causes of it. And it sounds like that's really fit into your, you guys' goals here um, in that one is what was a big driver of why you're looking into this and looking into permaculture in particular. Yeah, climate change has definitely been heavy on my mind for quite some time, especially I had gone to college out in Washington State and experienced some of the forest fires out there, and I felt pretty bleak about the future. Um, But then as we took permaculture classes and then farm beginnings to move towards uh, taking on agriculture as a way to steward the land in a sustainable, regenerative way, it really gave me hope that like, oh, there's actually, we know tried and true methods of how we can improve the soil, the quality of our food, the nutrient content, create ecosystems, and that they don't have to be two separate things. Uh, Agriculture doesn't have to deplete the soil and in order to produce food that there are we know how to do it in a sustainable way. We just have to consciously make those choices. So owning our own piece of land and starting that process feels like something tangible that we can do our part to improve the landscape. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like my journey has just been, you know, the realization that the way that we're doing agriculture currently, especially in the United States, is not how it always has to be. And there's there's alternatives. And there's a lot of awesome people that are, that are doing it and, and proving that, you can make a you can make a living doing it as well, and so that was really the inspiration. The start was climate change, wanting to be a part of the solution, and then meeting a lot of people along the way that showed you know it can be done. Um, so we're we're trying to do it ourselves. That's that's our goal. It sounds like both the permaculture class and the farm beginnings class were helpful for you in that you were able to be amongst other folks who don't think it's so crazy to farm and don't think it's so crazy to maybe try to make a living from it but also farm in a way that is what you're talking about, improving the environment, helping with climate change, and kind of regenerating the land, that kind of thing. That You, you were able to be kind of in within a, a community type of thing. That sounds like that was really an important piece there. I mean, yeah, community is everything. And just 
like building off of people who have been doing this for, for decades, you know, it's not just our generation. We're, we're building off of the work of previous generations and the people that came before them. And I think that's, that's totally critical to all of this, that when you're doing something that's against the status quo, you really need a community of people to, to support you and to bounce ideas off of and to, to show you, you know, that it's, that it's feasible, that it can be done. I'd say also within our community that we had been, um, we had been living in Minneapolis. We were the only ones of our friends who were moving this direction towards farming. So it was really cool to be in Farm Beginnings with um, a lot of other younger folks who were also interested in this and trying to find a way to get on land and make it happen. Yeah, it felt like we were a part of something and a new generation of farmers coming in. It's definitely difficult being young and not having as many funds behind you to make it happen, but um, it was really neat to see and network with other people who are wanting to do the same thing and have the same goals. More information on farm beginnings and permaculture is available on the podcast page for Ear to the Ground episode number 302 at landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-816-9342. By the way, it helps us greatly if you can give Ear to the Ground a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you utilize. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members, who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 